Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Love Talk Radio. feels perfect, other days it just ain't working, the good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between, yo it's crazy, amazing, we can turn our hearts through the words we say, mountains crumble with every syllable, hope can live or die, so speak life. doing well, but I say we have the means 
to give all of them, to provide all of them with the right road. We have the means to do that. I truly believe that. We have the means to, to, to set them on the, on the course, on the path, and then it's up to them. Because some of them make that decision even without that, 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 um, that course being put available to them in the way that it should be. But even then, I think it's someone along the way that has touched their life um, and we'll get more into that, but let's just get into our housekeeping things before we start. The phone lines are open. The phone line is open, I'll say that, um, 818-691-7406. If you're not listening by way of phone and you'd like to, the number is 818-691-7406. If you have a question or a comment, do select the number one, and we will pull you in by identifying your call with the area code and the last four digits of your number. Again, area code, last four digits of the number that you're calling from tonight. For those of you who are listening um, in the chat room, please know that you do, in order to uh, chat with us there, you do have to be a registered follower of the show. You may do that uh, just by, if you use Facebook and do it, which is an easy process, and I believe you can use Twitter as well. But if you, that is going to allow your Facebook name to transfer over. So if you don't want to use that, you can create your username, password, and um, of choice, and then you're able to, to chat with us there as well. So if you don't mind, just support us and register as a follower of the show anyway. And um, that's the little baby, you guys. I'm sure you heard her. So you're just going to have to roll with me on that tonight. Um, she's just coming in. So anyway, again, tonight's topic is the state of the youth and Rodney, I have some things. Oh, we didn't do the trash can, baby. Um, for those of you, any new listeners or, or those of you who've been with us for a while, please, please, please remember to move your trash can. And the reason we ask you all to do this is to promote change, to promote um, just a process of thinking about choices that you make and why, um, even down to the people that we allow in our lives because I'm learning, I'm learning, and, I, and I'm learning this late in life that we don't have to be so generous with the people that we allow in our lives. It's okay to say no to, pe- to people who do not bring out the best in you. Um, and so as you move your trash can, it sounds so um, juvenile. It sounds so crazy, um, I'm sure, to some, but that's okay. Move your trash can and then Ask yourself how crazy it sounds when you find yourself going back to where it was. And then I want you to think about, we want you to think about what other things in your life are you allowing just because you're used to it, it's what you know, um, it's who you know. You don't want to go through the process of change, of changing your thoughts, changing your actions, um, your ways, all these things. So when you do that, when you go back to a place, and if you're normal like us, uh, I shared on the show the other night, I, I moved a table uh, that is right, well, was right at my door, at my front door. And so I'm so used to when I come in, if, if I have a lot of things in my hand, the first thing that typically goes there is whatever I have in my hand or my purse or something. Well, I had moved the table, and it probably was a few days later, um, give or take some, and I Without thinking, I put my purse, so I thought, on my table, but my purse went straight to the floor. But my mind, my mind 
knew that that table used to be there. Although I, Tammy, moved that table by myself. And so if if nothing along, the work that it took to move the table for me to get it from one room to another should have reminded me because it was it was it was difficult. So again, do it, make a game out of it with your husband, your children, just make your best friend, make make a game out of it and uh tell us how how that worked for you. So Rodney, anything from you? You doing okay tonight? I'm doing fabulous. Um, I, I am. Uh, <laughs> I, I am concerned about the state of our youth, and so I'm really glad that we're doing uh, this show. I'm not going to be, you know, like uh, like our, our our president was a few weeks ago and said, you know, the State of the Union was was fine. Uh, I, I am worried about our youth. Uh, I'm, I'm very concerned for them uh, because of the things that I'm seeing, uh, because of uh, because of trends and things that you know, you know, you can kind of see what what is going to to happen in in the future um, based on things that are happening now. You can kind of predict um, based on those things and things that have happened in the past. So I'm very I'm very concerned for our youth. Um, just you know, uh, because of that and because the people making decisions that impact our youth um, are not in a good mental state themselves. Um, you know, I, I hear people trying to figure out what's wrong with our young people, and, you know, you hear about, you know, well, you need to try different interventions. And, um, and, and, and mind you, this is, this is not just school-related. This is uh, school. This is at home. This is in our communities. Uh, this is in, in the church. This is just all over the place. Uh, the people, you know, we're always trying to figure out what's wrong with the youth and, and what we can do uh, to help the youth. But if we want to f- figure out what's wrong with the youth, and I think that it starts with looking at the adults um, because the adults are the ones who have to allow it the adults are the ones making the making the policies or the rules, or at least they should be. And so, you know, what I have found as a as a teacher and just as a as a person as an adult in society, that for the most part, children will do what you tell them to do or what you allow them to do. And unfortunately, we're not telling them the right things. We're not a, we're not um, we're not telling them the truth. We're not telling things that are going to help them. Uh, we're we're allowing them to do things that are going to hurt them in the future. We're allowing kids to do things that are going to put them in harm's way. We're allowing kids to grow up with a false impression of the real world. We're, we're allowing them to think that everybody's going to cater to you yeah. and everybody's going to baby you and feel sorry for you, and that's just not, uh, you know, how things operate. And so. I'm I'm very concerned for our youth. I know uh, this weekend Tamaria and I had a chance to go down to uh, Norfolk, Virginia, where I'm from, and uh, speak to the youth. And um, it, it was amazing to see, and it wasn't necessarily, I guess, a shocker, but it was just amazing how, you know, the entire time um, Tamaria was talking, 
many of the young people, and there were a lot of young people there, but many of them were just talking, you know, at the same time. I mean, she, you know, she's, you know, she's speaking about um, her topic, and, and, and they're just talking, you know, and playing around and being rude. Um, and even the, the young lady who's over all of the youth for, for the jurisdiction, um, you know, they were doing the same thing. And so uh, when I got up, you know, they, they tried it, and I said, I'm going to tell you all something right now. Uh, you all heard them say that I was a school teacher, and let me just tell you how it goes in my class. If you're talking, I'm not going to talk because I don't play that. I'm not going to try to talk over you. I'm not going to sit here and wrestle with you. I'm going to respect you. And in return, I expect the same thing. So I said, so you all have a decision to make. Are you going to be the ones talking or or me? And the adults, you know, which I shouldn't have to say anything, but the adults, you know, kind of joined in with me. And it's like, you know, you know, they, they didn't say anything, but they just, you know, kind of made little gestures and, you know, Almost like, well, I guess he told them, and it's like, I shouldn't have to say anything. Like, this is not my church. You know, and then yesterday, you know, we spent time with my family Saturday and then went to go see Tamaria's family yesterday. And Tamaria's grandfather and I were watching this basketball game, and the the, the guy, you know, had, uh, had, you know, dyed part of his hair gold. And Tamaria's grandfather said, man, I never would have thought, I'd see the day when boys would do all of this stuff to their hair. He said, I, I never would have thought it. And he's 70 years old. He said, I, I would have never thought that. He said, times have really changed. And so, you know, I don't try to tell people how to live, but one of the things I do try to do in, in any situation is learn and educate. I try to share and adopt ideas. But the biggest thing in all of this is education. And, you know, what are we teaching our kids, I think, is a question that needs to be asked. You know what, what Rodney, when you, and, and, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to jump the gun a little bit here, but as you mentioned about the older man saying that uh, he never thought that he'd see some of the things that the boys are doing to their hair. However, let's take a minute and think about, because I could take that another le- another step, I never thought I would see so many men doing some of the things that I see to their hair. <laughs> so I say that to say that the boys are just following suit. As I, I didn't get a chance to spend as much time on the topic with my research, however, I do remember reading and I, I have to find this and maybe post it in the in the uh, on the event page. How how it, it was talked about when a father attends even church, when a father is in the home or outside of the home, but surely if they're in the home, what they do, uh, whether it's go to church, uh, they see them going to work, they see them taking care of the household. Nine times out of ten, that young man is going to follow. They're going to mimic what they see. It may not be to the degree, but they're going to get something out of that that will make them do something different. As we listen to, and if you guys have not watched the video, um, there's actually a second video that I'd like to put out there from the Youth Ignite where 
this young man who is incarcerated, he's 17 years old, he said that he had a few men in his life that he that he was able to see basically take no responsibility for anything, basically. I'm saying that in my words. But if you have not had a chance to look at this video, this young man also says that you adults basically lead us to believe that we can do anything without consequences. There's so mm. many things to take from that because think what he's saying. We look at you and you do these things. You do what you want to do. You serve yourself. You seek yourself in everything. And sometimes it looks like to us without any consequences. We tell them, do as I say, not as I do. Crazy. But they're looking at us. So, yes, that, 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 I mean, even outside of the education, because we have some, we have some people that may not ever get to, to see a, a college or, or even finish school, but even some of those kids, some of those kids, we can teach something. We can give them something. Okay, someone's saying that they can't hear. So let me do something different here. I just got a message. All right. Okay. While you're doing I don't that, know. Gonna... Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Just let me know if you guys can hear me better now. And I'm going to turn it up here because I am using, um... yeah, it's up loud as we can go here. So if you don't mind, Tasha, if you'll let me know if that is better, if you can hear me now. Okay, Rodney, you were saying. No, I was going to say while while you were uh, fixing that, uh, our comment from the chat room uh, from our from our good friend Dr. Coretta was was going along perfectly uh, with what you were saying, um, and and I can hear you just fine. And Dr. Coretta said that she can too, so hopefully the okay. the issues are are cleared up. Uh, but Dr. Coretta said, I believe one of the reasons we are in this the state that we are. And it's because of a lack of discipline. It is very sad because I believe this is the second generation that lacks discipline. So it is my generation um, who somehow decided that discipline, that the discipline their parents had was not appropriate. And you know what I think? I, 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 I struggle with that because I believe that that comment is, is, is head on. I believe that she that that she hit the nail on the head because I'm like, wait a minute, if if this stuff was good enough, uh, when I was growing up, if it was good enough when my parents were growing up, if it was good enough for my grandparents and their parents, when did it become an issue? When did it become an issue? We we have we have done exactly what the Bible said, don't do. We have conformed to the ways of this world, and all of a sudden, instead of disciplining disciplining kids or punishing kids when they do something wrong, when it is appropriate, we want to buy them. We we go out and buy them things instead. You bring home, you know, failing grades, and you get a new pair of shoes for no reason at all. You don't have to do anything to earn these things, and 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 our kids are are struggling. I look at even in the schools, we have to do so many things now uh, to educate kids, and it's either a law or it's a, a a new initiative from your from your school district. And it's like, wait a minute, when I was in school, 
we didn't do all of this, and I'm pretty sure that we turned out okay, the people who wanted to turn out okay. You, you know, Rodney, I want to I want to ask in in the midst of all that, with us with us being a society of giving, giving, giving our children, uh, like you said, you you fail, um, and you still get those Jordans, and see, and I, I'm opposed against you making the grades and expecting the Jordans. I'm even opposed to the grades being a a, a um, I guess the shoes being a gift for good grades. So I'm I'm, I'm opposed on on, on both <laughs> ends of that, but. With all the things that the youth have today, I heard, and Lord, if this person's on, online, they're just going to have to hear this because I don't agree with it. Never will. A six-year-old getting an iPhone 6 for her birthday. Wow. <laughs> really? For what? As the children say, where do they do that at? I don't understand <laughs> that. Period. <laughs> And when we were growing up, Tammy, there was no such thing as your mother and father didn't know where you were. Because that's the excuse I keep hearing from from parents. Oh, my child has to have this cell phone because I I, I need to be able to keep up with them. We didn't have cell phones, and I'm 33. We didn't have cell phones, and you better not do something or go somewhere. And my mother didn't know where you were, and if the plan changed, when you got there, you better find a way to call home, whether it be the phone where you are or a pay phone. You better find a way to call home and say, "Hey, the plan changed." There was no, there was no cell phone. No, you better find. In my day, you better find a way to get home, and so you could tell me what, that the plan changed. <laughs> see, that was the difference. You don't, you, you don't need to call because see, this that's a whole other story. It was. You need to get home, and then we'll de- we'll decide if the plan really changed, and do we need to change the plan now that it changed? And so, <laughs> I hear people say that, um, you know, with we can't spank now. There's nobody in the world that could have ever told me I would just had to go to jail. That 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 I cannot discipline my child. But see, I think even that has become um, just a cop out in a sense. And so I want to ask the question. I see we have a caller, and I guess we'll go ahead and bring him in. May need to get on in before uh, I think he's maybe calling from work. So we're going to pull the caller in, but then we want to pose some questions out there. And you guys, please, please, please get in on this tonight. Share if while you're while you're thinking about t- tonight's show or you're listening in, what is the one thing that you think would make a difference? Just one thing. If all of you can come on and share that one thing and why and be willing to share it quickly and promptly. But let's take our first caller from area code 501, last four digits, 7657. You're on the air with us. Hey, Tammy. Hey, Rodney. How y'all doing? Hey, hey what's up, boy? I'm doing good, doing good. I, I, I was listening to the show, and I, I wanted, because I'm big on you, because I wanted to call in. Uh, I was hearing about the Jordans and all that good stuff. It's a cop-out. It's just a cop-out. I think with a, with a oh, lot yeah, of parents... Yeah. Uh, and I, I can speak from, from from one of my mothers, uh, from one of my baby mamas. I, I would say with my, with my son, my oldest son. It was a case of cop out because they use that as an they use that as a cover up to not do the rear parenting thing. It's an easy way of saying, "Hey, I lack something in me, so therefore I'm gonna give you something," and then it just keeps on becoming a generational thing, and everybody starts lacking more and more and more. 
uh, instead of us being the good parents saying like with my, with my like my son, he don't bring home A's. He don't bring home nothing less than a B. He doesn't get new clothes for B's and A's. He, it's expected out of him to bring home B's and A's. Exactly. What, what he will get if he bring home less than a B and A's is a butt whoop. <laughs> Bottom line, you know. But now he gets some new clothes. It's because I got extra money. Then I, I'm gonna afford you new clothes. But if, uh, other than that, we're going to Goodwill. Now with my with my oldest son, mom, she go about. You know, he never brought home B's and A's. He brought home C's, but he got every pair of Jordans. And it's showing up in his manhood now. He don't want to work. Mm-hmm. He don't want to do those extra things. He don't want to go. He don't want to go out and go to McDonald's until he find a better job. He wants the job to give him more money without the education. Is a cop out from the parents. Now I don't think it's been happening for two generations. I think this has been it's been an ongoing thing. You know, I'm kind of big on history. If you if you look at it doing, I think it's every third generation we go back through this cycle because we have not we have not broken that cycle. If you look at it right about the time when we got out of slave reconstruction period, I'm just, I'm speaking for us. I'm not white, so I can't speak for white folks. <laughs> I can only speak for us blacks. If you look at us doing that doing that period of time. We went through that phase of what we're going through now. Education was a big thing right after Reconstruction. It was a big thing. Everybody wanted to get educated. Everybody wanted to get educated. Right when Reconstruction ended, we got into the phase we're into now. Our property rate went back up. Our employment rate went down. Our um, and my, my murder rate went back up. The amount of money we made went down. That's where we're at now because we, we refuse to keep the stability part going. So I think it's a cop-out from parents. Parents these days are soft. They are sorry. And they, we need to step up. This is my opinion. Corey, why do you think they're soft? Why Why do you think they have become so soft and not as attentive um, or engaged in, in parenting and, and the upbringing of children for the most part? Because we are so caught, we, we're, we're too selfish. Now, to love somebody mm. is a selfish act within itself. To love someone is a selfish act. To love somebody, you have to you have to love yourself first. So this is a selfish act. But there's a thing of being too selfish. We get so caught up into we want to be the one that's bopping our booty up and down. We want to be the ones that looking good. We want to be the ones that, that that's the most popular. We want to be the ones that our kids say, that's my friend and not my mom. Because we, we are lacking something. So we use our kids as a tool of getting that lacking. Maybe it be from the man that's beating us. So we use our kids to get that love that he's not giving us. Or it might be from okay. that woman that we want. So we use our kids. And I think it's, it's the lack thereof that we're failing to address as adults. And we throw it on our kids and we pass those bad habits on to our kids. The lack of that love. Like, like with me, I love myself to death. I ain't lacking for nothing. I can beat my, I can beat my son fairly and he know what's, what's going to come out of it. But you got some parents, they look at themselves and they're not comfortable with what they see in the mirror. So they force those images upon their kids. Because most kids don't know the difference between a Jordan and some, some, some flat-out sneakers. Until we until we show them and tell them, they don't know the difference. We teach them no thing because we're lacking. So we teach our bad habits to them. We transfer them all. Once we begin to love ourselves, educate ourselves on who we are, those things will change. Not until then. Mm-hmm. What do you? What, what, what my you say, huh? Uh, this what is Rodney right? jumping back in here. Uh, uh, Corey, what do you say when? Um, I mean, there, there there are a couple of different things that 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 we hear. Um, you know, you have the whole um, the man is not in the home, so then okay. the yeah. woman feels like she has to make up for the fact that the man that that the that the man is not in the home. 
What do you say to to that discussion? All right, that discussion. Now let, let's go back two generations from now, right before crack hit. Well, let's go to before crack hit us. Crack hit us around about eighty when Reagan was in office. I say about eighty, right before eighty, the country, Iran country thing, right? If you look right before that period, there was more black single black mothers in the home than there was than there was double parents. All right, now if you take that that concept, we came out pretty well. If anybody disagree, but now the problem was that they didn't went on too long, because if you look at something long enough, you become that. So when when guys, I'm say a guy, if he's around a bunch of females after two or three generations, and the next generation that they're around a bunch of females, you begin to take on a trace as a female. That's where we're at now. That's why I think it's so much generational um, twisting, is because we have looked at females for so long. A lot of guys don't know how to act, but like a female. Not say that they're gay or anything, but that's the only thing we know because that's who raised us. For one generation, it is fine, but we got three generations of the exact same thing. You start taking on no characters. You start using the same thing that they use as for cologne. You start using the same thing as deodorant. You start using the same thing as lotion. You start acting like you start having a mannerism like them. So, therefore, you become one of them. Not necessarily saying that you're gay, you like men, but you take on those characteristics because you become that person after three generations. Now, a man in a home, for one generation, it might be fine. You might escape, go through that. You might skate through the second, but by the third, it's going to hit because it becomes a habit. We all agree, anything longer than three times is a habit. Three generations without a, without a father, you cannot have it. It's too detrimental to the man. Another part of that is, is that it depends on the woman as well. The woman is the nurturing factor in any, in any civilization. As the woman goes, so does civilization. When the women's standards are high, the man will reach that standard when he wants that woman. The fact is that our women have lowered their standards so much because we're not loving them enough. And it's, it's becoming a domino effect, so it's just like a complete cycle. She has to lower her standard in order to get a halfway decent man. So, therefore, the man's standard doesn't ever get a chance to get up because he doesn't have to be that good to get a good woman. So it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like the woman is in a lose-lose. But if she ever fails to realize she loves herself enough, she does not lower her standards. Because if the man is good enough, he'll raise his standards to get her. Therefore, everybody's in a win-win situation. We have to reverse that and go back to what we used to do. Woman keep our standards high. Man raise the standards to get the woman. The kids benefit. Even if the father's not in the home full time, he's still around because that woman is going to make sure he's around and because he wants to be around that woman. Kind of makes sense to you, right? Okay. I'm not what I just said. Okay. No, it does. It does. And I'm going to, and I'm going to read this uh, this comment from the chat room, and then I'm going to pull in our caller. Um, uh, Dr. Coretter says, um, uh, first, he said that when we were talking about, uh, you know, parents keeping up with their kids, she said her mom went as far as uh, calling the police on her and her brother. Um, you know, <laughs> they said that they were going to be home for a certain time from a dad, and they were there. Her mom went as far as uh, as to call the police. Um, and then uh, she just said, I think we have forgotten how to love. Love is not kissing, hugging, and pleasing and being your sons and daughters' friends. Being a being a parent is a great responsibility, but if babies are having babies, where does the responsibility lay? So before you guys answer that, <laughs> uh, I'm going to break in our caller real quick because I don't want them to forget that. But um, I do want you. I do want to come back to that question. If the babies are having babies, then who do we really put the blame on? Uh, we're going to before we do that, we're going to break in our caller from area code four zero four. The last four digits are one zero three seven. Call you on the air. Hey, how you doing, Roger? 
Hey, hey, what's up, Bo? What's going on, man? Everything is lovely, man. How are you? Hey, you guys, we getting a really bad feedback. Bo, are you on your speakerphone? Okay, can you hear me now? That is so much better, yep. We can hear you a whole lot better, Bo. (laughs) How y'all doing today? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Hey, Brooklyn. <laughs> Brooklyn, somebody just said hey to you. They know it's you. I don't even have to tell the name. <laughs> <laughs> what you got for the people, Bo? Hey, what you say, Rodney? I said, what you got for the people? Hey, I just wanted to say, um, uh, the brother Corey that was just on, uh, he, uh, Corey, I mean, he was, uh, he, he was gave me a lot of knowledge about the, uh, the uh, things that were going on. I really enjoyed listening to him because he had he had some good things to say. <clears throat> I just want to say that Tim, you know that this is this is my field. This is what I do. You know what I mean? I love dealing with the youth, uh, male or female, um, and that's what Tighten Up Ministries is about. You know. So when I saw that you had a show dealing with the youth tonight, I told Tasha, I said, "Man, we're gonna we're gonna lay off the movie tonight. We got to tune in." <laughs> To really listen to this, and to give our input on, on on some of the things that are going on. Uh, the first thing that I want to say is, um, I agree 100% with Corey. There has to be something in the home dealing with the parents of the child or children. There has to be some type of structure um, where there's unbalanced in the home then the child is going to be unbalanced. People have kids for different reasons. I believe I post that in, 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 your, in your blog. Some people have kids as a means of support or security for themselves, but they don't show that child no love. Um, some people have kids knowing that that father isn't going to be in that kid's life because they didn't want the kid before they even bought the, the baby came to be, you know, on this earth. You know, they told them, you know, I don't, I don't want the baby to go have an abortion or whatever the case may be. But the girl decided, well, I'm not going to kill my baby. I'm going to have my baby. So now she's agreed to have a child to come into this world without a father figure. See what I'm saying? So that's right there lets you know that it's not about the child. It's about her wishes as as a mom and I guess to have something that loves her or whatever the case may be. I don't know, but a lot of that is going on. I just wanted to say um, – I was listening today to the uh, to the radio, um, and I heard uh, about this dad who caught his 14-year-old daughter uh, sending inappropriate texts to some little boys. Now, what the dad did was he took her cell phone and wouldn't give it back to her. What the girl did was she called her mother and told her mom that her dad took her cell phone. Evidently, the mom and dad, you know, they're not in the same home, but they were doing the co-parenting thing. Well, anyway, he dropped the girl off at her mom's house, left, still had the cell phone. Next thing you know, the police pull up at his house. The mother called the police and reported that he stole the cell phone. So they arrested him for taking his own daughter's cell phone. Mm. That's ridiculous. This guy has been fighting this charge for two years. He's been fighting this charge for two years, and the judge just sold it out a day or so ago after two years of him 
he's been he's been battling this for two years with a guillotine over his job and everything else because of the felony charge that it was it was you know for two years for taking a cell phone not because because uh, he wanted to sell it or or taking it just because he just wanted to do it because he caught her sending inappropriate texts to little boys and her mother called the police and reported the phone stolen death by taking man we got to do better. We got to do better among friends. Um, how how do we expect the children to do better if we as parents can't do any better? You know, I have a, I have a question for that, but I don't I don't want to lose uh, lose sight of the uh, the other question that 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 came from the chat room. Uh, but before I get back to either either one of those, uh, Tammy or Corey, you want to get back in? Yeah. Um, actually, a uh, couple things. Well, go ahead, Corey, do you have to leave? I know sometimes you're calling in on your break. Do you have to leave? No, no, no. I, I actually took off for the. I, I came early tonight just for this show. <laughs> oh, all right, all right, all right, all right. Well, then I'll, I'll back up a little bit for for our question in the chat room. If babies are having babies, then then I think it was whose fault or who's to blame, basically. Let's, what is the what I is the, the responsibility lay? What, I think the question kind of answers itself because it still goes, if babies are having babies, then who is monitoring the baby? Because it goes, cause where there's a baby, there has to be a parent, a grandparent somewhere. And, I mean, I joke about having Brooklyn here and saying that if Brandon's going to need my help, he better start having them now because I'm, I'm, I'm growing weary and tired. Now, I'm joking because that, that will never happen. That that will never happen on my on my time. As long as I have breath and if I have to crawl to make sure that my grandchildren and my great grands are disciplined, are respectful, and all the above, it will happen. I will see to that. I was a young mother. I was a young single mother. But I'll take it back here. I was meeting with, and, and I mentioned this video for, for, that the young man spoke about or spoke on, and I think a number of you have seen this video where this, this young guy, he's incarcerated, 17 years old, right here um, in Memphis. He said that 70,800 youth will be incarcerated or are incarcerated each year. 70,800 youth are jailed per year. 67.8% of those who are released will return within five years of being released. That is an alarming number. And I want to give before I want to give you, and I'm gonna let you guys back in, but I want to I want to talk about the state of the youth on so in so many areas. Suicide. More teenagers and young adults die from suicide than from cancer, heart disease, AIDS, birth defects, strokes, whatever. Suicide is the second leading cause of death the ages of 10 through 24. Suicide is the second leading cause. So I say, if all that we are giving them, the Nikes, the money, Statistics show that our young people spend more than nine hours per day utilizing some type of social media to include texting, 
Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram. What do what does a child need a phone for? What's left? When I'm around kids, it it burns me that no one else is concerned about how many hours or what they do or how 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 they cannot look up for air. But guess what? When I'm driving, guess who I see doing the same thing? Adults. They are driving. They're texting. They're stopping to the red light to look at their phones. So my point is they are mimicking what they see. And I, I, I'm sorry, I, age to me, babies having a baby, once you have a baby, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, once I found out that I was going to be a mama, that I knew I had to get my stuff together as best I, I could do. Now, does everybody do that? Absolutely not. I'll make one last point, and I'm going to turn it back over. When I met with the VP of Bridges who sponsored this Youth Ignite, which allowed this young man who gave the statistics out about how many people are young people who are incarcerated, she said to me that statistics also show that young people who have a different perception of life about what they can and cannot do, those who have a perception of I can do anything, I can accomplish anything, if I put my mind to it and if I work, shows that there was someone in their life, someone who encouraged them, who held them to a higher standard, who was willing to tan that butt if it needed to be. Also, those children were read to in some shape, form, or fashion. If both things happened, the children really had a good outlook on who they were, on life, knowing that life's not going to always give you a bowl of, of, of whatever, the, the, the greatest bowl ever, that you're going to have some struggles. And through reading stories that these kids were able to see life as life is. This made me think about the dolls, and I don't want to make it a, a race thing, but this made me think about, I don't know how many of you heard about the doll situation where at, the, at Christmas time there were white dolls and there were black dolls. They were the exact same dolls with the exception of color, and there was a book that came with one of the dolls. And I'm sure you know which doll had the, had the book with, with it. So I say, I, I gave you a few things, the youth suicide, the incarceration. There's a few more that we'll get to get through or get to before we end the show. But what are your thoughts on those? And I think Corey had uh, a question, or he was going to comment as well, I think, on what Bo said. Yeah, Corey. Oh, all right. Oh, I, I agree with Bo. Uh, totally agree with him. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm going to touch up on uh, the situation you said, who's, who's to blame? And uh, and I touch up on it. I'm also going to touch on what Tammy said real quick. Who's to blame, is, it, to me, is a threefold thing. When, when we're looking at babies having babies, that really didn't affect us a lot. Only two times in history has it really, well, three times in history has it really affected us. It affected us during slavery when, and I'm going to say us, during slavery, when we was getting, when our women was getting raped by, by, by men or we, we we were being sold. So that's one time in history that it happened. Other part of the time in history that happened was when we started doing sharecropping. That happened in our history during that time. But then not only did it happen, then it happened again during, during the crack epidemic. When when mothers start getting on crack, dads start getting on crack, babies start had to raise baby was beginning to raise babies. So but the the difference between the other the first two periods and this very last one 
those cycles were broken real quickly within generations. The very last cycle that we had during the, the crack epidemic, that cycle has never been broken. It's been continuously going on. Even though the, the crack epidemic is not as strong as it used to be, there's been so many other drugs that have came into the family to where babies are still having babies. And by, by most kids' standards, that's the only way they can survive is to sell themselves and to continue to have babies. Because there's no grown-ups in the household to tell me anything different. Because the grown-ups are actually the ones having sex with them to get, give them the babies. So mm-hmm. who are, who's to blame? The adult is still to blame at the end of the day. We can say whatever we want to say about the government. The government is not in the home. They might reach into the home on a, a, on a law level. But as far as day-to-day, it still comes down to the parent. The parent is not there. Whether it be a grandmother, an uncle, a father, or cousin, it's still down to the family and the parent. That's who's to blame. Babies having a baby, that's the parent's fault. There's somewhere along the way, their parent did not instill enough love, enough trust, and enough caring into their child to ward them off of those things. You can't stop every child. But the, at the rate we're at, you got to look at it. It can't be nothing but the parents. Suicide. If you look at suicide, drinking, drugs, gangs, all those things come from one thing. And it says in, the, in every religion that you have, even in the satanic religion, above, above all else, love. Above all else, love. That's the one thing, like the lady said in her in her uh, message that she sent to y'all, you've got to start back loving. And loving is not just a, it's just not a physical thing. It's an emotional. It's a mental thing. It's, it's, an, it's an act that you carry out genuinely without having, without wanting anything in return. Every adult that you will see, 90% of adults that you will see, when they love a child, they want something in return. Most parents these days, they love their kid enough so they so their kid can say, Mom, you my friend. Mom, you the coolest mom ever. But it's never, Mom, I love you because you're my mom. Mom, thank you for whooping my butt. Those type of things. So that's my comment on those right there. All right. Real quick, uh, this is Rodney again. Uh, what I'm going to do is... Um I'm going to read a comment from uh, Facebook, and then I'm going to read a couple of uh, comments from the chat room, and then I'm going to come back to uh, to Bo to see if he has anything before we move on to the to the next topic. I know Tammy has some things that she wants to get out there. I know I do too. And if you guys, those of you guys who are listening uh, to the call, if you have anything you would like to ask or if you would like to uh, make a comment, uh, please uh, feel free to do so. All you have to do is press uh, the number one, and we'll take your question or comment. Um, if you are listening online, you can either share your questions or comments with us uh, through Facebook or in the chat room. Uh, so make sure that, that, that you do that. Um, but what I want to say before I read those two things is, um, a few weeks ago, um, I'm looking at Facebook, and I see where this young lady that I went to school with uh, posted something about being a grandmother. Now, again, I'm 33 years old, and somebody that I went to school with is now a grandmother, and it wasn't like, you know, it was a shock or anything like that. And she just said, I guess, you know, if this is how a grandmother looks, then, then this looks really good. And that was her that was her reaction to being a grandmother in her early 30s. Uh, I'm going to go to this comment on, um, on Facebook. 
and it says accountability from the parent for the disruptive child and the straight A student who is a great citizen. You can't take the credit for one and not the other. Also, we have to break generational curses as well. Just because your parents' parents did it doesn't mean it's right. There has to be a line drawn somewhere. So I'm guessing, you know, as we talk about, you know, where 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 is the responsibility when these babies are having babies? Just because your uh, just because your mom had a baby at a young age uh, doesn't mean that you have to have one too. And somebody else's life decisions doesn't give you an escape. It doesn't give you a way out. My mom did not graduate from high school. That had nothing to do with me graduating from high school because I did not have to drop out if I didn't want to, and therefore I did not. But I made that decision. And so, yes, when children are going to do what children do. They're going to think like children. But at some point, they have to assume responsibility. And, and and that's where I stand with all of that, because if we if we say that it's okay, it's okay because they didn't know anybody. If we keep saying that, then we're giving people a way out, and we're going to continue this vicious cycle. Education is offered to any and everybody who wants it. I understand that you may come from a, a household that that doesn't go to church. Doesn't mean that you don't have to. Just because your family goes to church doesn't mean that you don't have to. At some point, we all have to take responsibility for the for the decisions that we make, regardless of who made it first. If you are listening to this call tonight, be the person who breaks that curse. Be that young person who says, you know what, mama didn't finish school, daddy didn't finish school, guess what, I'll be the first one. Or... Mom, mom had a baby when she was young. I'm going to wait until I graduated from high school, got a degree, gotten into the military, got me a trade. Be the difference maker in your family. And go into the chat room real quick before I come back to you guys. Um, hey, 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 let's get Bo in first because uh, they might have to. I know. Yeah, let's get Bo in first. I know he's been waiting there, and then we'll read the chat line. Okay. Bo, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Um, what I wanted to say, Simon, is um, I had I had a whole bunch of different questions um, or uh, different topics, but on the same topic, different things that, you know, have been, have been you know, on my mind. Um, one is uh, the fact that um, the acceptance, you know, kids nowadays are very accepting of anything that comes out across social media, you know, to, you know, gay is the new straight now. You know, it's cool to be gay. You know what I mean? I mean, when I was coming up, you know, in prison, doing them 18 years, um, guys wore their pants below their butt cheeks because their 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 war daddy, which called war daddy, a guy would fight for them um, because he belonged to them. You know what I'm saying? Let you know that that was his girlfriend or whatever, and he would wear his pants below his butt cheeks. To let other guys know in the compound that he was available, you know what I'm saying, if the price was right, you know, 
but the war daddy walked next to him to let people know that he belonged to me. So I'm the dude that you must come pay to get him. That's what that meant when I was in prison. Now they wear it as a style out here. Everybody's pants is down below their, their crack, their butt cheeks, and they think it's cool. That's what I mean about acceptability. I mean, being, you know, accepting things of the media because you saw rappers do it, this, that, and the other. So now you start doing it, and it's cool. You give it a, 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 a slogan, you know, and it's crazy. You know, I was reading. But, Bo, doesn't that go back to somebody being in that child's life to say, <laughs> you're going to pull your pants up? I mean, because even even as 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 a woman, when Brandon was was a teenager, because those young men knew that I did not allow Brandon to do that. When they saw me coming, even if it's to the school or to a store, guess what's the first thing that they did? Pull their pants up, just because <laughs> of the expectation of it. So it goes right back to an adult, to a parent, even if it's not an adult. Somebody needs to step up and say, why? But we look at, I just saw a man this morning, had to be 50 years old at least, with his pants down, his butt sagging. So everything that I hear you guys saying that a child is doing, I could show you 10, I'll say 50 adults that are doing the same. That should be turning around telling them, saying, no, no, you're not, even if it's your nephew, if it's your cousin, no. You're going to pull your pants up. No, you're going to go to school, and you're not going to do what we did. You're not going to do what I did. If somebody steps up to the plate and and says these things and does these things, it will make a difference. may not be an instant difference, but if you stay on them, I truly believe that they will come out of not the generational curse, but the cause of that curse, which is the same actions, the same outlook on life the same perception of their environment and that I see none of us, I see none of the people before me made it, so why do I think I'm going to make it? Somebody needs to say, oh, you're going to make it because we want to stop this. And without that, it is unlikely that they will. You know what, Tammy, I want to say this, um, and it's funny that you may say that, um, but, but I, was, I was reading, I was studying a little while ago, and I um, from 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 1980 to 2008, the uh, populated in prison quadrupled. You understand? That means that it went from just being the daddies that they were locking up to now being the mamas and the, the offspring of those daddies. So that means that from that from that multiplication, that's like one in every 31 people that are on some type of supervision or some kind of correctional control net. It's a, it's a total of 2.3 million people in America. Out of those 2.3 million people, Tammy, one million of those are African Americans. The African Americans make up six times as many as as are, are incarcerated six times as much as the white 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 persons are. And then the 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 black black people and the Hispanic people make up 58 percent. Of the prison population. Are you serious? I mean, we're failing as a people. You know what I'm saying? It's not enough of us trying to help these kids get their lives back on track because it's easier. People feel it's easier to just let them do what they want to do, turn and walk away, 
turn their back or whatever the case may be because they're scared. They're scared to say something to a youngster because they don't know if they're going to pop off on them. You know, then you got youngsters that are beating up 80-year-old men and women, robbing them and all kind of stuff. You know, when I was coming up, man, we had respect for an elderly. If I caught you doing something to an elderly person, man, I'd break you off. And it didn't even have to be my mama, my aunt, my had to be no relation to me. Just the simple fact that you you disrespected somebody that was that was that was older than you. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I consider to be a person of you know that needed respect, being being respect respected. So if we caught you doing stuff like that. We be we beat the skin off of you. You know, that's the respect that we were raised with. Now kids don't have that type of respect. And like you said, and it's because my dad used to call it mule training. He said kids was raised with no mule training. That's what my dad used to call it back in the day, you know. So we said, what do you mean no mule training? I mean, they were raised with no respect for the elders. They were raised with no respect for themselves. How can you tell these kids today anything when they know if you hit them, you're going to jail. You know, I mean, I was just, I was just involved. In, I was just involved in in, in uh, the knowledge of, of of a kid that I raised. You know what I'm saying? Stealing out of Walmart. I mean, he just disappeared from the house like five, ten minutes. Walmart down the street from the house. The next thing his mom knows, they calling her, telling her that he he down there being detained by the police. She's like, no, he on the porch. This, this lady worked two jobs. She's like, no, he down here with us, ma'am. You need to come down here. She went down there, being the you know, mama that she is. As soon as she walked in, she would have beat him all upside his head. You know what I'm saying? Because that's not how, what she, that's not the son that she raised. How you, do you know she went to jail right then and there? They took her to jail. You know? So how do you, how do you win when, when it's like that, when you're trying to raise a child? And she's a single mom right now. You understand what I'm saying? But how do you win when it's like that? When you can't, when you can't align that child with the way they're supposed to grow up, you have no, no leeway to the right or to the left to curb this child's life. I'm talking about for the ones that want to, that want to raise their children, the ones that want to have their children respectful, the ones that don't want their kids out there with the next door neighbor's son who, who's off the chain, you know, who's trying to direct themselves. How do you do that when you've got situations like this, when you go into this thing and she beat the skin off of him right there when he did his wrong yet because that's how she was raised. Whenever you do you get, get crazy, that's when you're going to get to that. So when you do that, and they take you to jail, and now defax is, is on you for your other kids, and you stand a chance of losing your job because now you got a felony, not one job, but two jobs, you know, and all your livelihood behind it. It scares parents up from being parents. It makes them say, you know what? I wash my hands with it. Whatever you do, you do. You go to jail, you go to jail. Now that child is out there without a leash, doing anything he want to do until he get, until he goes to jail or get killed. That's what's happening. That's what this is Ronnie, and I'm gonna I'm gonna jump back in here real quick, and then I'm gonna read these comments uh, from the chat room, and then uh, I want to turn you guys' attention to something else uh, that Tammy and I was talking uh, about over the over the weekend uh, that I really want your opinions on. Uh, but what I'm going to say is this, uh, in regard to what you just said, Bo, I really, I really believe that the system is set up so that as many kids as possible can fall by the wayside. I think the, true, the, the same is true in our society. I think that 
that is true um, in our schools. I think that that there's a system in place that is designed to uh, cause us to to lose our young people, um, and then there are a lot of different things to support it. Meaning, like you said, not being able to discipline your child in the way that you know you that 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 you know may have worked for you or things that 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 you know. Um, and I was thinking about Adrian Peterson when you said that. Um, but then, in addition to that, uh, and what I want to encourage all of you to do is, especially if you have kids, go out and look at some of the laws that are in place now for your kids. Um, believe it or not, <laughs> uh, I just learned in a school law class that you really don't even have a right to a public education. So there there are a lot of different things out there that we are unaware of, and, and I think it's because we don't even take the time and to, to, to find these things out. And that's why I said that there are also these supports, meaning that there are these distractions out there. So that 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 we do uh, keep our attention away from our kids. You have all of this negativity and all of this drama on TV that, that, that parents get caught up in, uh, to the point that you know their their kids are just running wild, whether it be in the house or in the neighborhood, they can't do with, with what they're supposed to do. So I'm going to read this uh, comment real quick from the chat room, and then I want to ask you guys a question. Um, it says that I, I don't want to uh, hold on. It, I just lost it. It says um, it says I believe in my heart that we as parents and grandparents are doing a poor job at preparing uh, them for life, meaning kids, for the reality of life. Uh, children are killing themselves because at the first frustration, they don't know how to deal with it. Uh, I'm sorry if I sound like I have no heart. Sometimes we hear the truth, um, and it hurts. If a young person commits suicide because her boyfriend or girlfriend left them, there's something very wrong with those who raised them. Um, and then it says, I agree with you, Rodney, we cannot allow or accept their excuses. And that was about what I had said uh, a little while ago. Uh, we will harm them. Adults cannot fear children. We need to assume the authority and hold them accountable. Uh, any quick thoughts before I jump to this next thing? Uh, I believe Tammy. Uh, Tammy, do you have anything? And then I'm going to go to Corey and Bo, and then we'll go on to the next thing. I I, I I don't because I probably I missed most of it. I had to jump off. So Rodney, thank you for covering. Um, so I don't go ahead and I'll just kind of piggyback off of what you guys what I pick up on now. All right, Corey, Corey or uh, Bo, real quick, anything, and then I'm going to move on to the next topic. Yeah, I, I'll come in. Um, okay, with, with the whole thing. All right, with the whole thing, I think the um, the generation the generational curse thing. I, I think that's a cop. I, I think that's a big cop out. Okay. If you're a Christian, if you're a Christian in, in any form of way, if you read the Bible, they're in the, they're in the Old Testament and also in the New Testament in Second Chronicles, they mention about gener- generational curses. There's no more. Those things are forgiven. The father should not die for their son's sins, and the son should not die for the father's sins. Meaning that whatever the father does, he only pays for his sins, and the son only pays for his sins. Now there are habits that we pass on. That's why I was telling you what I mentioned earlier. I never said, when I said generations, I never said curses. There are habits that we pass on from one generation to the next. Because after three, it becomes a habit. 
I don't believe in generational curses. Because then that takes the will of God out of this situation. That means God's power is no longer available. So therefore, the curse cannot be implied because that's this, this witchcraft. So the generational curse part, I do not, I do not agree. With. I think it's a cop out. I think it's a cop out saying that the law does not allow us to lies or whoop our child. Once that child is yours, regardless of whatever the law is, you find a way of making around that law. It's like stealing something. It's like being a thief. It's a, it's a law not to, not to steal. It's a law not to speak. We still find ways around of doing it. No, we can't find a way around with a child. No, no, no. no there, there, there's ways of penalizing your child because it, it starts in the home. It starts when, when that child is small enough. When that child is small, you can't wait till they get 9, 10, 11, 12. You have to start from the beginning and work your way through. The problem is a lot of us want to wait to the end until that child is already in trouble, until the child is already into the system. And then, therefore, we want to show them half a half crap love. Through all, and I say this again, through all, you have to love. Love will go through any and everything. It will come back to the beginning. It will be there at the end. But it has to start at the beginning. We cannot wait till a child gets in trouble. We cannot wait till a child goes through the system and then decide. And you've got to stop spending so much time with these adults. Our time needs to be spent with the kids. The adults already have habits. They already have a life. They already have everything that's bad about this. We need to lead them, we need to lead them bad, tell adults alone, focus on the kids. That's where you start breaking those habits at. Because, see, the adults already got those habits. They're not going nowhere. If we start with the kids now, two generations from, from now, we won't have to be paying these same dues, this same debt. See, right now, for the last five generations, we've been concentrating on all the adults. Everything is an adult. Everything is an adult. What have, where, where are we talking? We only talk about the kids, but not in action. We need to start focusing on the kids, and I guarantee we'll start changing things. That's my opinion. Hey, Corey, this is Tammy. I want to share something real quick, Bo, and say that Corey is, Corey, Corey is right. I, I have a friend who actually did that same thing right in front of the police officer who who basically popped the child in the mouth and because he was talking out of, you know, turn. That, matter of fact, they had, one of the children had called the police um, to the house because – because of the discipline. And he told the police officer, it is my religious right to discipline my child. It is my religious right to mm-hmm. discipline my child. They did not take him down. And I think the most part, we are afraid to fight for change. To In order to produce change, you think about anything that, that, that happened, that something came from, somebody had to go through something. For that change to take place, we don't want to endure today. We're not willing to go to jail for something that we believe in. So you know we're not willing to die. That's what makes us different from the people that we supposed to supposedly hate, so to speak. But we're not willing. We want the easy road, and we're teaching our kids the same thing. But I say to this, there's not a one that could tell me I could not have spanked Brandon Gator. Not a one, because I would have did it and found a way out of jail to do it again. <laughs> it's not a one. Hey, Amen. <laughs> yeah, hey, man. Because while while I'm waiting to be taken to jail, something's some, some going to happen. Brandon and I was just talking about this yesterday at lunch. There's, I told him I would have buried you alive before I gave you over to this system. Period. Because mm-hmm. you'll be dead anyway without that guidance. These kids and these adults are the are walking zombies. Look at people. 
Look what drives them. Look what moves them. If they don't have money or this fancy car, people work for stuff that they don't even get to enjoy. Work three and four jobs to keep up with something that they never see. They're always at work to pay for the things that they want, and they never enjoy them. And we're teaching our kids the same way. That's why they're committing suicide. That's why they're disrespectful. Okay. Go ahead, bro. Yep. I just just want to say this. You know, I understand what you're saying, Tammy. I also understand what Corbin's saying, you know, as far as, as finding a way around to discipline that child regardless of the law. Um, that's easier said than done in today's society. Now, when we were coming up, Tammy, it was, it was, it was done, you know what I'm saying, and, you know, it wasn't as, as modified back then as it is today. Today, when the child finds out that they're protected, they use that against you. I mean, they really do. You understand what I'm saying? If you want to throw away everything that you work for, you know what I'm saying, everything that you have going for yourself, to discipline that child, then that's just what's going to happen. They're going to they're going to take you up through there. That's what they're doing. I've seen it done so many times; it don't even make sense. They take everything from the parent go to jail, then they fall behind this, fall behind that, this, that, and the other, blah, blah blah blah. Child go home to 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 be raised by the the, the foster parents or the child support or or not child support, or child care custody or prison jail. The child go home to go that, but the parent, the parent get a record, can't find a job. It's that all because of that, 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 you know what I'm saying? And which I'm not saying that is right. I, I'm, I'm down with the, to spank my child or punish, you know, punish my child if they're doing something wrong. I'm down with that. But the legal loopholes that they have against the parents now for doing such things is ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm gonna tell you when I was growing up, my first time in prison, I was 14 years old. See what I'm saying? So not everybody has a bad upbringing to go, go to jail. My dad was a preacher. My mom was an evangelist. You feel what I'm saying? So I was raised in a, in a, in a good home with the word. We went to church so much, you understand? Know I, I didn't know nothing but the church. I was the drummer in the church. So I stayed in church. The problem was, was as I got older and I started to see my friends going to the movies, which we weren't allowed to do, spending the night at other friend's house having a slumber party, which we weren't allowed to do, being out past 8 o'clock, but we had to be in the house when the lights came on in that pole or else we was going to get the skin beat up off us. So those things, I wanted to do those things with my friends because I was going to high school, middle school, you know what I'm saying, and that, that, was, a, that was what they did. They had fun. So I wanted to do those things, and my family kept me hostage. I didn't know that it was love then. I thought that it was jail. I thought my family had me in jail, literally on the street. So that's how I looked at it. I was I was incarcerated in my own home, and these dudes right here they had all the freedom to do whatever they wanted to do, you know. So what I started to do, I started to rebel. You know what I'm saying? Me and my dad used to go at it verbally all the time. But my dad stopped coming to watch me play football. My dad stopped stopped, stopped coming to watch me play soccer games because he said that I was hard headed and I was grown, which I was being hard headed and grown, but I was rebelling for a reason because I wanted to know what the other side of that fence was like because I had been on the Jesus side for so long. You know it was a routine. Get up, Saturday, Saturday, go to choir, Sunday school, church, Sunday night church, Tuesday, Bible study, Wednesday night prayer meet. It was all registered in my brain. I knew what that was. But I didn't know what was on the other side of that fence. 
And I was dying to find out because that's where all my friends were. So I started to rebel. And then when my dad got got to the point where he couldn't take it no more, my dad told me I had an option. Either I had to get out of his house or I had to straighten up and fly right. So you know what I chose? I chose to get out of his house at the age of 13, going on 14. And I knew how to support myself because I see my friends selling drugs in the streets. So I was going to go to them and get me some trap or die. And I was going to stay out there with them and hang out. And this, that was what I did. Now, I call myself being grown now. I'm grown now because I'm on my own. I'm out here with my buddies, and I'm doing what I want to do. And I'm still going to school. Now I'm able to buy my own school clothes, what I want to wear, and not them them, them thumbskin jeans and turtle shirts that my mom and dad would buy me, them pro kid sneakers. Now I got on new kids. You know what I'm saying? And I'm wearing Lee jeans and this, that, and I'm fitting in with the drug dealers. And I'm fitting in, not to say that it was right, but that's what my mind was as a youth. That's what my mind was. You see the thing? So when I got out there doing all this and doing all that, then those things that started to happen to me started happening because those things came along with a person who 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 sells drugs, a person who doesn't go to school every day, but every other day. And you know, sometimes you don't go for two weeks, but then you go for two weeks. You know what I mean? You're going because you just want to be in the place to see how many kids in the school is getting high. You know, that's another place, another place where you can. Offload some of your chemical to make money to live for yourself. Now you get you a car and this and that, and that's that was the mentality of me growing up. So at the age of fourteen, I caught five years in prison for possession of cocaine. You see what I'm saying? Not because I had a bad upbringing, but because of my mental my mental mentality to 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 lurking to find out what was on the other side. Was that your grass green over there, or was it just brown and looked good? <laughs> Hey, hey, Bo, this is Tammy. We got two more callers, but I want to say your daddy did right, and he told you right. But guess what? At the end of the day, who did you come back seeking? But God. Because all that he planted in you. Yes. I mean, so at the end of the day. Exactly. And I agree with you. Not every every mistake, I'll say, that a child makes warrants him him or her going to jail. I do believe that, that a lot of these kids are, are in jail just because. Not not yep. saying that we should, you know, uh, not discipline them, but right. jail sometimes is too harsh. Most times it's too harsh. But, again, we don't fight for those. We only say Black Lives Matter when a white cop is killed. But there's so many more things that Black Lives fight so, Rodney, I think you had two callers. Uh, we're going to keep you guys in, but I know we had two callers, and I think I've lost them on my end. So uh, go ahead and pull those in, Rodney, if you see them. I'm going to pull in our caller from area code 330. Last four digits are 4094. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, family, this is Henry. How's everybody going? Doing? Hey, Henry. Good, Henry. How are you? How are you? Oh, I'm doing excellent, excellent, excellent. Hey, I know that I was getting late, so I'm going to make this uh, short. Today, you talked about how the children of Israel and Egypt, and they cried out, and God came and delivered them. God wasn't trying to deliver nobody until folks got to crying out. But, you know, today, it's kind of difficult to cry out when your bondage feels good. 
you know, it, it's kind of difficult, Lord, delivering me from all the sex I'm getting and delivering me from all these drugs I'm getting because we, we the, the generation that is out today uh, is being born into, you know, just like slavery, you know, at first everybody was, was rebellious and fighting, but once you start breeding the slaves, now they're born into slavery and that's all they know. And so now you got people snitching when they try to create a rebellion because people don't want to, they, they, they're in love with the master. And so <clears throat> today we have a culture that is sexual and a culture that is violent. And, and, and the young people don't necessarily see this as a negative thing. They're trying to find out how they can fit into it. And the old school people who weren't born into that on the outside looking in going, what's wrong with these kids? But that's all these kids know. And so when we say things like it's the parents' fault, you got to remember children are a lot of times reproducing quicker. You know, like the, the brother said earlier, there's a grandmother in, in, his, in her 30s. They're also being born into a culture where your parents and your grandparent is not like what it used to be, where you used to get that good advice and baby keep your legs closed and let him put a ring on it and all that kind of stuff. They're not getting that necessarily today. They're, 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 their parents and grandparents are teaching their children, this is how you go out and sell your body. This is how you do uh, this, you know, this is how you get over on a man. This is how you get it. This is how you pimp, pimp uh, uh, ladies. This is what they're teaching, you know. So sometimes it's good maybe that the father's not in the household if he's going to come in there teaching madness. You know, I, 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 I have to, I'm, I'm going to say this and I'm going to end it on this. You know, if we want to reach the young, you got to get them where they, you got to push them where, they're, uh, where the appeal is. And right now our young people are starting to get angry, you know, I think this police brutality and things is actually uh, is a blessing in disguise because it's starting to unify the youth on one single thing, and that is we're angry. And 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 if there's one thing that the system has always tried to control among, particularly black men, is the system has always tried to control our anger and our rage. Even Martin Luther King, who told us to go out there, let everybody beat you half to death, but you never retaliate, you never do nothing. Always keep your anger in check. Don't get mad. If you do get mad, you go and vote it out. You know, you pray it out, but you never do nothing. And that gave the, the, the people the permission to continue to oppress us and do the things because they knew we weren't going to do nothing. And this is not advocating that we go out and do violent things, but until you come in contact with your own warrior fire, you ain't never going to be able to handle it. Because until you, until you learn how to call it up on your own and control it, as long as other people are calling it up, it's going to control them. They're, they're controlling us by the culture. So that's all I want to say. Mm. Great point. <laughs> Great. I mean, I, I, I can't agree more. I mean, it's all these things that we're all, we're all bringing some great points to the table, and it does start with you. He's right. I mean, Children are not being born into homes where there are, even if the parents are young parent and you have a young grandparent. However, still no excuse because we seem to have a solution or a reason for many things. So that means we know what per se caused a lot of these issues. Once you know, then don't choose that route. Don't choose something different. And it's like Rodney said earlier, it comes to a point in your life where you become an adult. I have never felt like anybody could hold me down but me. And from anything that I've been held down from, and I didn't have this glorious life. 
And I have this great life. I have some great people in my life. I've been homeless mm. a couple of times. Hungry a couple of times. But no one, white, black, blue, brown, my mother, my father, not even Brandon, can hold me down. And that's what we got to teach our kids. We got we to gotta tan that tail. I'm sorry. There is, no chi- there is no way a child c- does not deserve a whooping sometimes. Sometimes I just, if you go too long, they start acting up because they need one. Believe it or not, when you don't discipline a child, and I don't want to make this about discipline, but I'm sorry, you guys, if, 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 if I had to make that choice, Brandon would have got one good last whooping before I went to jail. And he would have remembered that one for a lifetime. Point blank. Because it, it came to a point where, and I don't make, want to make it sound like I just beat him, beat him, beat him, because I didn't. It come to, came to a point where I no longer had to give those whoopings. Because he knows, he, he, could see, he could see, oh, I'm working up on one. Let me stop. But we're too busy chasing skirts or chasing pants, chasing ourselves. A lot of the stuff we buy for these kids is so that we can look like we're doing good. Has nothing to do with the child. I want y'all to make want want y'all to think that hey, this family over here got it going on. We are Louis Vuitton down. We are Gucci down. Four five hundred dollar purses, all the above. It's not about this child being deserving of it. It's a status quo. It's a status. This is what we look like. This is how we roll. But our mind, our hearts, our thoughts are messed up. I was that 21-year-old parent. I didn't want that for my child. It's no excuses. Mm. Tim, you there? I'm here. Oh, okay. I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm going to read here. something. I'm going to read something, Tammy, from the from Facebook uh, because it kind of puts a it puts a different spin on the conversation, uh, and it's actually something that I don't think we talk about enough when we start talking about our youth, um, and it's going to lead into uh, the conversation you and I had uh, this weekend about a particular child, um, and the comment says not just kids. Uh, but people in general want what they don't have. For some middle-class suburban kids, uh, they want to be gangsters. Some of the kids in the ghetto want to get out, but in the end it's about one's own motivation and drive to change their lives. When you think about uh, these these types of conversations, when we're talking about our youth and, and where they are um, mentally, Emotionally, physically, and you talk about where our youth are. A lot of times, when it, when 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 we hear that, uh, you know, our young people are having issues or struggling, we always hear about the kids in the projects. We always hear about the kids in the poor neighborhoods. But sometimes those kids in these affluent neighborhoods or these rich families or these you know upper middle class families, those kids are worse off than the kids who are in these poor areas. I have a cousin who, you know, um, she told, you know, she 
told her mom and her dad, who had lots of money, you know, she wanted to be from the ghetto so bad. And here you are, you know, with parents that are just rich. And, you and you know, she didn't like the fact that she had to go to private school. She wanted to go to public school so bad. She wanted to be from the hood so bad. Because this is what this is what she did not have. So while you know, just about everybody in our family, you know, we you know we're struggling, but her her parents were were doing really well in life. And here she is. She wants to uh, to be from the ghetto. She wants to have poor people problems, if you will. And that leads me to the conversation that you and I had this weekend, Tammy, and I want to bring back in, uh, you know, everyone who's been on with this, uh, if they have a comment or, 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 you know, a question or whatever. And anyone, feel free to jump in the conversation. Um, if you all haven't seen it, Will Smith's son, Jaden Smith, oh, God. has been – in the news, the story first broke, I believe, a couple of weeks ago, where here you have Will Smith, Jada Pinkett Smith, um, wealthy people, rich people, and their son is now modeling the female clothing line or the women's wear for Louis Vuitton. I just want to get you guys... Thoughts on all of that, um, and we'll take comments from chat room and offline. But I'm going to bring Corey back in here. Uh, Corey, what are your thoughts? Uh, my my personal thought is foolery. See, one one thing, and then this, this couple. I'm I'm going to say this couple. I'm talking about Jada and Will. Somewhere along the way, they lost who they were. You remember if you look at them when they, their first part of their career, when when Will was almost broke right before he, you know, right before he went on on uh, First Prince, he was black, he was down with the hood, he was all good. Jay was with Tupac, you know, she down with the hood. They got up, they met up, right? They got this money, they get way with the Scientologist stuff. All of a sudden, she put out this whole thing about, uh, we need, you know, you don't have to send your kids to school. Education is not that important. You can teach them at home. Right, because now you got money to be able to afford to do that. You can afford the problems that your kid's gonna have if they go to jail. So she's putting all this out. Now all of a sudden, now Will didn't get nominated for for this Oscar. So now says she's black again. She wants to boycott the Oscars. Now, but now at the but y'all never show up for the for the for the BET Awards. Now let now now get to the to the future. Now you got your son dressing in skirts. Your other daughter sleeping with a woman. You got your you got your son dressing in skirts that he don't went to prom in a skirt. And all this type of stuff, and you you ain't say nothing about it. So that part is foolery. They lost their way, and they're they're binding to what society wants them to do. Because see, at, at the end of the day, it's all about the money. And if society knows who who gonna spend more money than anybody else, it's gonna be black folks. We go buy into the foolery because see, it, it didn't start with it, it didn't start with them too. You remember Kanye about three years ago? He started with he started wearing wearing, wearing the kilts and all that. With yeah. his clothing line. See, so it, this has been in play for a while, but it didn't really catch on because he, he didn't have that, that, that appeal to the younger, younger crowd. See, they, they're not trying to get you for just one generation. They want you for multiple generations. And the way to get you is you got a $1 billion industry that does not spend nothing but 1% of their money in their own community. The only community that does that is the black community. 
They spend money everywhere else but 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 amongst black people. So where do you get those? You go get somebody they look up to, which everybody looks up. Everybody think Will is cool. Everybody love every movie that Will's put out. Jada has not put out anything, and I don't know when. But when they when you mention her name, oh she's a strong black woman. Oh she's just down for us. You promote it. See, white people don't sit around and make they don't make conspiracy theories on us. They don't have they don't they don't sit out there and plot and plan to destroy us in a whole. They'll give us a lot a little small snitch pit and they make they let us destroy ourselves. So mm. the foolery, that's foolery, and we're falling for it. Cause some of, some of us go want to be just like them. They go say, "Girl, I got my I got my my son that that what's called got on because Will ain't his son where so ain't nothing wrong with it." And then next thing you know, he got no father in the home, so he has no man to look up to. No father in the home, no man to look up to. So therefore, he's gonna start taking on the mannerism of the woman. Now he already got the mannerism for three generations. Now all of a sudden, now he's gonna start wearing the clothes. So what happens when all that start happening? You start the reproduction cycle stops. When the reproduction cycle stops, your community falls. When your community falls, guess what happens? We all disappear. So so it's all part of a cycle that we're not paying so we're not paying attention to what's really going on. Because see, if it was all about the skirt, they would did that a long time ago. They tried to destroy us a lot a lot of different ways. But the only one, one true way of destroying us make us smaller in numbers. And the way you do that, you wow. start reproduction. Wow. That's just Jamie. my personal opinion. I agree. I totally, totally agree. It's foolery, and and I agree with 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 Corey, especially on um, this uh, boycotting the Oscars. I think that's the most crazy thing in the world. I personally do. Like, there's so many more things that you could be sitting here talking about than this. Who cares about the Oscars? Really, at the end of the day, who, I don't care. Black, white, blue, brown, get it. I don't care. But at the same time, I don't even look at the BET Awards because, again, there's so many more things that we could be worrying about. And since they have all the money and not pro- producing any ideas or solutions and how we can take some of their money and save these children. See, unless you want to talk about that, I don't want to hear about the Oscars. I don't want to see you on BET. Because right now, you you got all the money. Donate donate to somebody like Bo who wants to do tighten up ministry. Find something. Yeah, I hear you say, yeah, well, they do stuff. Well, if I'm not hearing about it, you ain't doing enough. If you're not hearing about it, they're not doing enough. Who needs all that money laying down at night knowing that children are going to bed hungry? Children are going to bed being abused, and we good old Christians are letting it go on day after day Amen. after day. We so caught up in the way we look, what we drive, what what we wear, what kind of job we have, what kind of title is before our name, and all that's going to go to hell if you believe in such a thing. So really, my question was, are you doing enough? Are, are, are we doing enough? I think a lot of times, Sammy, this is Rodney. I'm going to jump back in. I think a lot of times um, um, when we hear about celebrities giving money or donating, my question is always how much of that are they not reporting so that, they're, so that they don't have to pay as much money in taxes? It's, it's all well and dandy. To, to 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 give money and to give thousands and millions of dollars when 
when you do it, you can write it off on your taxes. But how much of that are you not reporting? Because it 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 is truly coming from your heart. And and going back to what 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 Corey just said, before not just Will and Jada, but before so many people elevate or or or, or walking to a, a a lot of money, we are such a humble people. If you think about how we were as as black people, if you think about how we were as black people before we had money, we were we were I mean before we had rights, we were so humble. We were we were such a loving people. We cared about each other. We looked out for each other. And as soon as we got rights, slowly things started to change. And now I wonder if we can even come back because we are so far gone. And when you even when you try to tell people or try to share something with them, knowledge that is, they don't want to hear it. I'm going to read this comment real quick, and then I'm going to bring Bo back in here. It says, I think this comes from the chat room as well. I think that it starts at home. The family dynamic that was once in place has been shattered. Rules, reactions, uh, for actions, teaching the youth instead of ignoring them. The youth lash out because they aren't being heard or taught. That comes from our chat room. I'm going to come back to uh, Bo. Go ahead, Bo. Yeah, I'm here right Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Go ahead, Bo. Okay, that statement that that person in the chat room just said is particularly what I wanted to expound upon. Um, and, and, and it is the truth. You know what I'm saying? That the youth of today aren't being taught different ways. And what I mean by that is I look at the fellows that that uh, that uh, I, I mentor to. Um, I go to comprehensive counseling where I, I'm a counselor over there with the youth. Um, not only the youth, there's adults there also, but uh, a lot of them have mental issues or whatnot. Uh, a lot of them have drug issues. You know, me coming from that type of background, you know, getting a degree in psychology, I decided to give back. You know, I wanted to do something to help somebody else so that they wouldn't go down the road that I did. But in talking to a lot of those young cats, you know, a lot of them did come from broken homes. A lot of them uh, are suffering from peer pressure, so they aren't being taught a certain way. Um, a lot of them gravitate to gravitate to social media, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, things of that nature, and that's where a lot of them get their identities from. You know what I mean? I mean, in the world today, you could be poor, but you can make yourself look like you got it going on on Facebook or Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Because those people don't know you in depth. They just know what you post. They know what, they, what, what you see and so forth all over the media. And a lot of the young kids that I mentor to, um, a lot of them come from broken homes. Uh, you know, a lot of them come from um, places where they have single moms. And moms, you know, as isn't working on it. Mom has like three or four different dudes that, you know, they rotate coming into the house. And this kid, kid is seeing like different guys come in and out of his house because mom don't work. And she's using these guys as a meal ticket or to pay bills or whatever the case may be. So you don't know how a kid feels until you're in that kid's place. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times they won't discuss what's going on, on their mind, in their mind. They act out, you know, and that's what I'm there for. 
You know what I mean? I look at the fact that I have so many fans on Facebook. I'm talking about in the thousands. Yeah. And then when I put, when I put up Tighten Up Ministries, the ministry for helping young kids, you know, take them to the skating ring, take them out to eat, take them bowling, you know, teach them positive things to do that they don't have to hang in the street. You know, they don't have to be around a lot of that and everybody selling drugs. They don't have to do that. I'm trying to show them a different way of life. And I post this and I say, and I put up there, um, support Tighten Up Ministries. Um, I have a GoFundMe account, support, support Tighten Up Ministries so that I can help our youth. If I got a donation, the only person that gave me a verbal obligation was Tammy and uh, Tasha. You know what I'm saying? And that's my cousin and my wife. They were like, baby, we support you. You know what I mean? We'll, 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 we'll donate to Tighten Up Ministries. Other than that, thousands of friends on Facebook now. And I'm talking about if I have more likes on my pages for pictures and stuff that I've cooked than a little bit. So I know they got the message when I put it out there. But do you think either one of those people donated to that cause? No, they didn't. You see what I'm saying? It's because what little I have, I'm going to keep to myself. You know what I mean? I'm not going to risk this, uh, giving it to somebody. Or he may not do what he say he's going to do with money, so I'm not going to give. You know what I'm saying? But then you got the Mexicans that come over here on a, wish, on a wish and a prayer. You understand what I'm saying? When they get here, they work together and stay in one house, 13, 14, 15 of them, driving one car, dropping each other to work. And little by little, each one of them get out and buy their own house. And each one of them have their own car. And the next thing you know, they own their own roofing company. And all of them band together, and they and they, and they support one another. You know, and they, that that's a business that they have. And then they do it again. They do it again. They do it again. They do it again. They work together. But African Americans are the only some people that I know that can't seem to work together. You know, it's always jealousy, envy, and strife of what the next person has. When I ain't got no more than you, I look at I look at here in Atlanta, you got these young cats robbing people over in southwest Atlanta. Southwest Atlanta is the poorest part of Atlanta there is. Why would you go over there robbing? Why you ain't carry your, excuse me, your ass over there in Buckhead when they got billions of dollars and rob them folks if you wanted to rob something? Why you do that? You see? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't do it at all. But what I'm saying, if you're going to choose to do that, why you go over there? Why you come in this black neighborhood where we don't have no more than you got and kick in our door and end up killing somebody or somebody killing you about the little stuff that they have? What, what, what is the concept? I mean, why does it have to be that way? And I can't understand that. I mean, I see this every morning I wake up and turn on 5 o'clock news if somebody that got killed breaking in some other poor person's house in Southwest Atlanta. It don't make no sense. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever, you know. But like I said, when you're trying to do good, you know, you have a a, 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 a society out there that doesn't support the good, but they'll support the bad. Here I am trying to help some young kids uh, that don't have fathers or father figures be, be men, and I get no support. But you mess around and put up man skirts, they buying that. You mess around and put up spandex jeans. Dude, I ain't never seen dudes wear jeans tighter than females. You got dudes wearing jeans so tight, he about to get a yeast infection. How does a man fit in a size zero? I don't know. And you ain't you ain't malnutrition now. You ain't no you ain't no African that's been starving for your life. How do you a man fit in a size Zero genes. That is beyond me. 
But that's acceptable. That's what they're doing. Anytime your jeans too tight, you got to cut the sides out to get your foot into, bruh, <laughs> for real. Are you serious? I'm in the barbershop looking like my man. Bro, you need to go take the pants off so you can breathe. I know. I know you need relief, for real. Oh, mm. uh, Mr. Bo, you crazy. No, I ain't crazy. You crazy. You feel me? I do, man. Go ahead, Corey, and they were, and they were, and they were, uh, and they were going to have you uh, talk about something that's uh, that's coming up uh, very shortly. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, Corey. All right, I'm, I'm going I'm to go here with Bo. I, I think the reason, and I will go back to what we originally started out with, is that it all comes down to love. That's my personal opinion. Is that they're looking and lacking for something. They're looking and lacking for something. They're trying to find a fulfillment in something. So we, we, we latch on to we latch on to what we don't have because that's what we're looking for. We we think it's gonna fulfill us. Not realizing if we just pray, be still and be patient, it'll all come to us in the end either no matter what. The part about us robbing each other see poor rob poor for two to me for two reasons. One because they're a coward. They're too coward to go to the rich neighborhood because they know if they go to the rich neighborhood something will really go happen to them. It is easier to rob a poor person than it is a rich person. Because see, the poor person, most of the time, we're not in we're not in the in the mode of being sustainable. We're still in survivor mode. When you're surviving, I don't know if you've ever been home, homeless before. I was homeless for two years. When you're trying to survive, your your your, your skill set as far as being what's around you is not as keen as to when you get to that point to where you're comfortable. So when when I, whenever you rob a poor person, you intentionally rob them because first of all, there's nobody to protect you. Second of all, you're very familiar with what they have, so you know exactly where to go to get what you need. And third of all, you ain't got to worry about going to jail too often. Because if I go rob somebody that's rich, I don't know what's going to happen to me. So I'm, I'm going to take the coward way out, and I'm going to go rob somebody that, that I know ain't going to – and nobody's going to even care who the hell of a being who I rob. So that's that's, that's why I think why why we still rob what we will. But I also got to realize, too, it's, it's like it's like with gun violence. Blacks kill blacks for one reason, mainly for one reason. It's because we, because, because we live amongst blacks. If you look at white statistics, and I hate comparing white and blacks, but I'm going to use this one statistics. 80%, 83% of all whites are killed by whites. Why? Because they live amongst each other. We rob each other because we, we live amongst each other. That's why we have to rob each other, because there's nobody else to rob. There's nobody else in our neighborhood but us. So those things must happen because that's all part of society. Rich folks rob rich folks. It happens. We just don't talk about it, but it happens. So therefore, there's not an excuse. It always comes down to love. When we love ourselves, when we love the ones that are around us, and when we care enough about ourselves, those things will change. And I, and I disagree with you on one thing, and I'm going to let them go. We're not the only ones that did, does not work together. We do work together. We just don't talk about it enough. For, for instance, like me and Tammy. When Tammy has an event, if I'm off from work, if she got something to go, I'll shoot down a minute and I'll speak all day long with her, with Tammy. Don't ask, don't ask no questions. Don't charge anything. We good. Boom. We see each other. We done. We might, I might not see Tammy forever. But if she knows if she needs me for something, she really needs me, she can always call on me. Same thing with her. Rodney, I never met him before in my life. But I know if I if I really needed Rodney, and I truly believe he would be there for me. So I think Absolutely. we need to change we need to change the perception of that we don't work together. Because we do. We work together. We just don't put it out there. Because we're so busy working and trying to make it happen, we don't have time to publicize like everybody else. Because there's not enough of us doing it. That's the problem. There's not enough of us doing it. 
Not enough of us doing it. There's a lot of us out there. And then we got to find a way of networking with each other. How do we connect these dots? We got to find some networking skills, some networking tools. How do we make these things work together? Like, for instance, like Brandon doing with his thing. How do I get Brandon to, to incorporate what I got going on so I can be who he knows, so he can be who I know, so we all can just start forming a great union? It can happen. We just got to step out of ourselves, step into the collective, and then make it happen. That's my opinion. Hey, Corey, will you uh, will you go ahead and tell us about the event that you and Tammy are working on for uh, this month? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, we have a Black History program coming up on February 27th. It's, it's geared around the youth, and I, I, I've been been kind of working on. I've been I've been hired from this for a while, and I uh, talked to Tammy. What we want to do is we want to go, and we're going to have an event that is not centered around white folks. It's not going to be mentioning white folks. It's not going to be mentioning religion. Religion, the only thing religion does amongst us, regardless of what we are, it divides us. We can be all Christians, but it divides us because we have different opinions. But one thing, one thing's for sure. When white folks want, want to know about black people, they ask white folks. When, when black people want, want to know about another black person, they go ask a white folk. Our thing is, we're going to ask our leaders from now on. Every question that we tell, we got a leader, whatever group that we, we that I think that we should, we have, we're going to ask them, what is your goals? What would, you, what would be your goals if you cannot mention white folks at all? So I thought about that. So we're not going to mention white folks in this thing. We're going to, we will come out with where we were, where we are now, and how do we solve this issue on all three things. And that's what we're going to do. So this Black History Program is centered around the youth. We want to give the youth a time to step up. Because the old heads got to get out of here. They don't want to, they, 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 they love the spotlight. They haven't done, they haven't produced anything since Martin Luther King died. No, no livable results that I can see. So what, so what I want to do is I want to give the, the youth a chance to step up and educate them, give them a chance to, to get in front of people and start giving their ideas out and giving them a voice to be able to change this thing. Because if we can focus on the youth, we can start making some, some changes and leadways going to the next generation. So that's what we have going on. Just a black history program geared toward the youth, geared toward where we are, where where we have been, where we are, and where we're going, without mentioning anything about white folks. Where would this be, Corey? Wait, huh? Go ahead, Tammy. No, he was saying, where is it going to be? Okay, it's, it's going to be in Covington, Tennessee. Yeah, it's going to be Covington, Tennessee, at New Hope Church. I, uh, I'm, I'm going to get with Tammy. I want to do an event. With Tammy on, on, on y'all radio show about what it what is it? I, I think you saw the video that, that she posted on her, on the page today with the, with the guy speaking about the, uh, the, uh, the the plantation, and he was saying about how the white people don't even know what, what the it is. What do you want them to get over? What is their it? So I want to incorporate that into a show if if y'all don't mind, if that's possible, to where we talk about what is the it for us? Do we even know why we're upset? Do we know why or what do we want? For the white people to say they they forgive us, do we even know if 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 we could end racism now, what would be our end result? Where we where we where will we go from that point? How do we? What is our it? What do we want as a collective? So that's you know, kind of you know, those things. Go ahead. I, I, I'm excited, Corey, and, and absolutely, you know, we can do it as as many times as we need to to promote it. And to talk about uh, the event, and I just want to encourage everyone who is listening, if you're in Memphis or if you can get to Memphis to show your support or if you know someone 
please start sharing. Uh, hopefully we'll get an event uh, page set up out there soon. But I want to give a shout-out to the young ladies, uh, Alex, actually Brenda's sister, who is is working on putting a skit together. And as of right now, unless she's changed the title, it's going to be titled The Pain is Real. And it's basically about the absence of fathers and the effect it has on a young girl's life. And so wow. if you can support this, if you want to come out um, and support it, please. And it'll just be a short skit because of, for the sake of time and, and what we're doing. But uh, from my understanding, Corey's going to kind of keep this going. And, and, I don't, and we don't have to wait till black history. Maybe we can do this again in three or four months and, and make it grow uh, because history is history. So, um, so I'm excited. So if you guys can, can support and, and share, if you can't come, then share the event. And, and I'd like to be able to get, I don't, I don't know how, and maybe somebody can help me with this. I do know someone who can, who can do this, but to have it to where we can streamline it and people can, who are not able to attend, like Bo and, and Henry and everybody, Rodney, uh, Tamari, all of you who are out of town, maybe you can, you can sit with your crowd of people and watch it together. So that's something that I've been thinking about and, and, and trying to work it out, that how we can do that. So if somebody is familiar with that process, uh, please get with with, uh, with us so we can take care of that. But, yeah. y'all, this has been a great show. I'm going to turn it over to Rod. And I think he was going to say something, Corey. Go ahead, because I'm going to turn yeah, it yeah, over. Yeah, one more um, thing. This I'm sorry about the Tim. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry about that. No, you're fine. I was just going to say, I, I'm going to turn it over. I'm actually going to turn it over to Rodney and let him close out for me because y'all know I, okay. I just have this brat baby, and she's just having her ball back here and won't want to <laughs> get up in the morning. <laughs> so I'm going to close out. I'm going to say good night, Rodney. I hope that's okay, but I'm going I'm to say good night and turn it over to you guys. We'll be on next Monday, so Rodney will tell you about, about that as well. But, but Corey, uh, looking forward to connecting Bo, Henry, everybody that commented, thank you guys, and thank you all for what, what you do, because I know you are doing more than enough. So thank you all. And Dr. Coretta, thank you as well. So I'm going to say good night, you guys. Thank you, Rodney. To the rest of our audience, please don't go anywhere because we have a, a, a couple more things. Um, Corey, go ahead, and then uh, real quickly, and then we'll, uh, we have another young lady on the line who's uh, having an event for the youth pretty soon, so I want you guys to hear about that. And I do not want anyone to miss next week's show, so please uh, hang on with us. Corey, go ahead. Right, real quick, uh, what we wanted to add is just, uh, if we can do this, blog, this uh, broadcasting thing, we want to have a, a conference party at the end where people can ask questions, and we're going to have a panel set up. To where they can actually address those questions. So we'll, if we can make that happen, if anybody know anybody that can make that happen, we would love for that to happen at the end. All righty, thank you, Corey. I'm going to bring in a young lady that I had the privilege of meeting um, a few months ago. Um, I found out about an event that she was doing, and uh, uh, Tamari and I went up to uh, be a part of it. And let me tell you, this young lady. Uh, put on a wonderful team summit. She had uh, the youth out there, and uh, she even had a, a, a young uh, lady on the on the panel uh, who was only 13 years old and is already um, an author and has her own business. So uh, this young lady we have on the on the line now, Miss Nakia Lyles, 
she's doing great things in New Jersey. So I want uh, her to tell you guys about something awesome that she is uh, planning, and it, it is going to be great. And maybe you guys can make it. It is a few months out, so maybe you guys can make plans to be there. Uh, Nikia, are you with us? Yes, I am. Hi, Nikia. Thanks for being on with us. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Thank you so Everything much for having me. <laughs> no problem. Go ahead and tell everyone about uh, what you have uh, in the works. Okay. Um, well, I just recently started an online magazine. It's called Explicit Magazine. It's solely based in New Jersey. Um, it represents everything positive that comes in and out of New Jersey. Um, and we are big advocates for the youth. Um, being, you know, a young mom myself and taken from, you know, growing up in my area, I am from Newark, New Jersey. Um, I decided in November last year to have a teen summit. It was entitled Let's Talk About It, where I had a panel discussion with um, men and women from very different backgrounds. And, of course, there was a teenager. Her name was Ethan Moore, and she is a 13-year-old entrepreneur from Passaic, New Jersey. Like Rodney said, she's an author, and she actually owns a spa and boutique, and like she's doing great things at such a very young age. But the goal of the summit was to get the youth involved in um, letting us know how they feel on certain topics and, you know, things that concerns us and, you know, things that concerns them. So, you know, the participation was wonderful. Um, I met Rodney through the event page that I had set up, and he, him and his wife actually came, and, you know, they participated. Everything was wonderful. So because the event was such a success, I decided to have it annually. And in April, on the 9th, I'm actually having the second team summit entitled What's Your Part? And, um, again, Rodney is going to be a part of it. And then I have, a you know, another diverse panel and we're going to be discussing social media, um, celebrity influence, you know, most of the things that you guys talked about tonight on the show is, you know, basically what we're going to be talking about at the summit. And it's going to be awesome. And I just want everybody to spread the word. And, you know, if you are in the area or if you know someone in the area that can benefit, like it would be great if, you know, you guys can come out. And where where will this summit be held? Uh, we're at in New Jersey, uh, Nakia. Um, it's in North. It's going to be at the Rutgers North campus. I'm actually going to set up an event page probably um, within the next few days, and like the directions and everything will be on there. All righty. So if you guys are in New Jersey, close to New Jersey, you can get to New Jersey. Or if you know people up there, if you know uh, anyone in Connecticut, New York City, they're not that far away, uh, please invite them out um, uh, to support our youth and to be a part of this awesome summit. I know the first one was great, so I'm sure that the next one is going to be even better. So please uh, support Nakia um, and be there. It is April the 9th, and I believe it's from uh, 1 to 4. I believe I have that correct. Um so we, we hope to see you guys there. Um, next week, please come back uh, and join us at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Central. And don't just come back, but please invite as many 
young men as possible. Invite everybody, but our target next week is young men, um, mainly because next week our show is going to be about dealing with the police. Now, we know that there's that we don't live in a perfect world and we don't live in an ideal society. However, uh, we're going to have uh, a former, uh, a retired um, U.S. Marshal and Chief of Police. Uh, this this man was the, um, he used to be the Chief of Police in Jackson, Mississippi, and also the Chief of Police in Springfield, Illinois. He's retired from both of those, and he was also a U.S. Marshal. And he's going to be on next week, and he's going to be talking to um, our audience to you guys, so please make sure you have some young people on with you, mainly uh, 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 males in high school and in college, because that that seems to be the age where the the huge uh, the biggest conflict between uh, African American males and and, and and white male police officers. And he's also going to talk to you not just about uh, black males dealing with the police or how to deal with the police, but he's also going to talk to you guys about things that we never hear in the media, and that is the role that black and Latino police officers play in all of these things that you're seeing on TV and how white males, uh, how those encounters go when it comes to police because we always see the black males and the white male police officers, but he's going to put some things out that he's going to share some things with you guys um, that he has seen and that he's experienced and what is actually going on behind the scenes that, that we don't know about. There, there's a lot more dirt that we don't get to see on TV because the media doesn't put it out there. And then he's also going to share some tips with, uh, with us as to how we, can, um, how we can fight this problem that we're having in our society uh, so we want you guys to come back and join us and make sure that you invite um, some other people to be on with us. I'm telling you, it is going to be a great show. I met this man a couple of weeks ago, and he is phenomenal. So we want to thank you guys again for being on with us. Uh, it has been a great show. Thank you to everyone who calls in every single Monday. Thank you to those of you who called in specifically for the show. We always, always, always appreciate you guys' support. We love you guys. We hope that you have a blessed week. We hope that you have a great night. And we'll see you next Monday, same time, same station. Good night, everybody.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.